Now today is uh, a day that, you know, God has put something on my heart uh, that I want to talk to you about. And that is that God communicates with his people. God is a master communicator. God is not a silent God. He's not an idol that cannot speak, that cannot walk, that cannot, uh, you know, do anything. But God is a God who is alive and who has revealed himself to us. He has given us an insight to his very nature. And of course, we know his nature is so wonderful, full of love and care to our lives. Now, I want to start reading <clears throat> from some scriptures in the book of Hebrews and then Jeremiah. Hebrews chapter one, verse one, the Bible says, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as a name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the, to, for to which of the angels did God ever say, <clears throat> you are my son, today I've become your father, or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And Jer Jeremiah 33 verse three says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Praise God. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord our God, we are so grateful that once again we can come together gathering in this place to speak to you, Lord, to listen from you, to understand your intents and purposes in our life. Lord, you are not a silent God. You're not a dead God. You are alive. And I want to give you praise and honor, Lord, that even today you speak to us because, Lord, you have an intent that you want to communicate to every one of us. Our lives are a gift that you have given to us to live and to fill with good things. And I pray, Lord, that you give us the grace to do exactly that. Lord Jesus, we thank you <clears throat> for your very presence today. And may your word reach our hearts and our soul through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now, God is a God who speaks, a God who has communicated his purpose to all of his creation. We may not fully understand how God has created everything that he has done, but you know, he has given each creature a certain, a certain gift, a certain talent, a certain ability, and has given them uh, an instinct in order to know what their purpose and their role is in life. But for us human beings, it's not just on that level. For us human beings, God has actually taken us on a level where he operates himself. So he created us in his own image as intelligent human beings. He gives us the reason why he created us and all the plans that he has for us in, in our lives. God does not leave us in the dark about the future that we have in Christ. And that is really very, very wonderful and powerful. That's why, you know, the Bible is giving us insight in the plan of God. In the book of Revelation, in the book of Ephesians, rather, a scripture that I believe we all know, I've read it many times, and yet 
I think it's very important to uh, go back and consider it. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 1, 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This is what God has prepared for us, every spiritual blessing in Christ. And these blessings, they come to us through Christ. Not outside of Christ, but through Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now imagine, this is an amazing statement. God has chosen us. God has chosen you. God has chosen me. God has chosen us for a particular purpose and plan. Okay, God doesn't do things that are useless, that amount to nothing. No, everything has been done with a greater intent in mind. And so God chose us, as the scripture has been saying, and he did this long before we actually even arrived. Because, you know, uh, we live inside this creation and we don't know what has been before creation. But of course, even creation is only a small part of uh, the handiwork of God. Okay, God is so much greater. God is living in a place that we cannot uh, have an, imag an imagination of. So God chose us in him, in Christ, before the creation of the world. And the purpose of his choosing was that we should be holy and blameless. Wow, this is really great. Imagine, God did not just, you know, make us anyhow and see whether we would, would, would turn out well or we would turn out bad, but he has made us to be holy and blameless. In fact, God does not give uh, any, you know, uh, space. So now you may say, but, but when it comes to human beings, he has made us to be holy and blameless. And now you may say, but, but we are not holy and we are not blameless. And yes, you would be right in saying that. But then, you know, we must not understand that we are not having come to the conclusion of the matter as yet. God is still busy with us. And God has done things that we may not immediately uh, fully comprehend and understand, but God has made us in such a way that we do come into his holiness and his righteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ when Jesus gave his life at the cross of Calvary. So in other words, what is looking impossible today when you, we look at each other, when we look at our, our shortcomings, our mistakes, our faults, you know, when we look into the mirror and say, I wish this would be different or this would be different, you know, but we must understand no, God looks at us through Christ, our Savior and Lord. And when he looks at us, then he sees us holy and blameless. That's amazing. You know, this is what we cannot even see, but God does see it. Okay, so anyone who has trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior is no longer just an ordinary human being, but now we are children of the Most High God. We are part of the family of God. And this is what God communicates to us in this powerful word of God. So we are created to be holy and blameless in his sight. And this we should not, never forget. You know, if you see a lot of blames in your own life, try to stop with the eyes of God who sees us holy. That means without uh, dirt, without uh, sin, immaculate, and without blame. Now that's in, indeed uh, a miracle. You know, this is what only God can do. We have difficulties to do that. And then... <clears throat> The Bible says, in love, 
He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. The, the New Living Translation says that he chose us to, into his family. And this is really powerful. You know, we are, we are meant not just to be creatures anyhow, anywhere, but we are meant to be part of his own divine family. That's why he created us. For nothing less than that very reason that we would be part of him and we are able to see God move in our lives as our father and we are the sons and daughters of the living God. So God does not leave us in the dark about what his plans have been and what his plans will be. You know, the Bible talks about our future. It talks about us being ruling with Christ. It talks about us even judging angels. So you better learn to judge what is right and wrong quickly because one day you are supposed to sit in judgment over angels. Imagine. And so you must understand that our calling is a high calling. It is not something that can be compared with in this world, in this creation. But the only comparison that we can find is the comparison with being children of the Most High God in the realm of God himself. So God does not hide what will hide as our Lord. When we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, neither will he hide what will happen if we reject our Savior and Lord. The, the Lord Jesus is very clear about it, that when we reject the Lord Jesus Christ, which we have the right to do. You know, God is not forcing anyone into one direction or the other. And he did us because obviously he loves us and love can never be forced. That's why God gave us a free will in order to make our decision, to make our choice. And so when we accept Jesus Christ, life is waiting for us. Life in a way that we cannot fully grasp and fully understand. Because our life or the picture that we have of life has limitations. Every time we go to a funeral, we realize this is what life is all about, you know? We think it's coming to an end. But the life that Jesus is speaking about is not like that, okay? This is our, our imagination, this is our understanding. But the life of God is different. God has been from eternity, and he is to eternity. There is no time in him, you know, there is no past, present, and future. He is the everlasting, the I am who I am, okay? And that's the kind of life that he wants to share with each and every one of us. That's the kind of life that he wants us to experience already here on earth, but more so even when we are with him. In John chapter five, verse 24, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word, and praise God, today we are privileged to hear his word. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Praise God. You see, this is the problem that we have. For us, everything good, unfortunately, comes to an end. Okay? Sometimes in the world, this is what we have the impression of. This is what we think the life is, life is all about. But when we look at the gods, we see that God doesn't live by that standard, by that principle. But he has everlasting life. There is no funeral in the heavenly regions. And we must understand that God has an eternal plan that is far beyond our uh, understanding. 
That's why we need to believe it. We cannot understand it completely. Even so, we learn about it. Even so, we are trying to widen our horizons for the things of God. But at the end of the day, we will always fall short of fully understanding the very purpose of the life of God. So God is open about what is coming to be for those who are in Christ. They will be with him forever and ever. And, you know, what, what God has planned for that, uh, you know, chapter in our, in our future, we cannot fully really understand and capture. You know, God is beyond our imagination. But for those who reject Christ, the Bible tells us there is a lake of fire where there will be gnashing of teeth and great fear and great agony. And people must understand that while we are here in this world, we have a choice. We can choose which way we are going to take. Now, the Bible is a book of interaction where we see people communicating with God. And we see many people in the Word of God. In fact, this book is a book of people that have been able to communicate with the living God. Okay? These are not philosophies. These are not strange ideas. These are not some, you know, funny holy book that nobody can understand. This is a book that is very easy to understand, that is very easy to, to capture because, you know, the life that it talks about is the experience that we all go through in life. And so we must understand that God has a desire to speak to us. You know, if you look into the scriptures, God spoke personally. Um, and, of course, the list goes on and on throughout Scripture. Those encounters are recorded for our good, plus, of course, many, many more. You know, up to the book of Revelation, where we see God speaking to uh, his apostle or his disciple, John, who had become an apostle and was somebody who was greatly uh, close on, and in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. So God does not end at a time when the Bible was completed, but he continues in the same manner, in the same way, to communicate with all of us, to speak to us, to let us understand our purpose in life and our future. Now, there is no other God who can compare with him. Psalm 86 verse 5 says, You are forgiving and good, O Lord, abounding in love to all who call on you. And that's very true. You know, if God was not forgiving, if God was not good, we could never become holy in his sight. We could never become blameless in his sight. It is only possible because he's good, he's forgiving, and he's removing all the stains from our life. The six says, hear my prayer, O Lord, listen to my cry for mercy. The day of my trouble I will call to you, for you will answer me. Among the gods there is none like you, O Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made, will, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You are Lord, your truth. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I'll walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart for I'm, that I may fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all of my heart, I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love towards me. You have delivered me from the depths of the grave. Praise God. 
You know, this is a powerful word. Among the gods, there is none like you. Oh Lord, no deeds can compare with yours. You alone are gods. And you know, this is really true. You know, if you are examining the so-called holy scriptures, I mean, there are quite a number of different religions and scriptures that are existing. You will not find anyone which is quite like the word of God. In the word of God, God reveals himself. He speaks to us. You know, when, when God uh, heard the cry of his people, Israel, in the, in the uh, slavery in Egypt, he called Moses. And he says, go to my people and tell them uh, it's time to go. And Moses said, but who, I, who am I going to tell uh, how am I going to tell the people who, who has sent me? Who, what is your name? And so he, he, he wanted to know the name of God. And God says, I am who I am. You know, that's a very, very short acronym. It's Yahweh. Okay. Yahweh actually is written in many places where you don't read it in the Bible because sometime in the Middle Ages, the church has... Uh, has felt they would replace the name Yahweh with either God or Lord. Actually sad, you know? Because actually what is written really in scripture, and so it's what he's saying, yeah, I've been long before you came into being, and I will be for eternity past, okay? So I am who I am. And that is how God introduced himself, the ever existing one. God is amazing. You know, God has emotions just like you and me. Because if we are created in the image and likeness of God, then that means the same emotions we have, he also has. Okay? Except that he is always good. And that some of the emotions that turn bad in our lives are not turning bad in his life. But, you know, he is a God with emotions. Let me just read a passage of a scripture from the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 6. The Bible says, The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. I think we all have been grieved at one time or the other. Am I right? I think all of us have experienced pain in our lives. Pain, maybe when we made mistakes or when we were wronged by others. You know, pain is something that we all have experienced in our life many times. And imagine that God has the same emotions that we have. So if you are reckless in your relationship with God, God is grieved. God has pain in his heart. And that's what we should never forget. So the Lord said, I will wipe out mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, man and animal and creatures that move on the ground and birds of the air, for I'm grieved that I have made them. Why has God been grieved about trouble and headache and heartache? And everything that he had intended, everything good that he intended them to experience and to be, didn't seem to work out. But thank God for verse 8. But Noah, okay, thank God there is a but. Okay, and I hope there will be a but when God speaks about you. But Noah, put your name there, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So if God could not find Noah, maybe that would have been the end of the world that God had created at that particular time. He could have closed the chapter if he wanted to. But actually he was continuing looking for somebody until he found Noah. And he found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And the Bible says, and this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless from among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Praise God. You see, if there is a person that can be described with those words, 
then God is saying, come, walk with me. And it doesn't mean that you have to be without sin because Noah was a human being. He had, he had all the, 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 the strengths and the weaknesses that every human being has, no question about it. But the wonderful thing is that God looked at him. God actually made him blameless. God worked in his life in a powerful way. God spoke to him. God gave him the measurements for uh, the way out of this uh, world of sin. Gave him a measurements of, a, of, a, of the ark that he built exactly as God had told him to do. And God was pleased. Okay? God started afresh with Noah, his family, and with all the creatures that were in the ark with him. But remember, he feels happy, he feels sad, just like we do. But he is also the God of love, okay? Love is, and God is the God of love. He has given himself for us. John chapter 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave himself, that he gave his one and only son so that we have life and have it in abundance. So we must understand that God has life in himself. He is the one original after we are being made. We are created in his image and likeness. And just as much as we are alive, God is alive. That cannot be said of the gods in this world. You know, in the book of Psalms 115, verse 3, we read, Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by the hands of men. They have crafted mouths but cannot speak, eyes but they cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but they cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but they cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them will be like them and so will all who trust in them. Now, this is a very strange phenomena, okay? That people are making their own gods. And, and of course, on the other hand, it should not surprise us because, you know, God made us to be worshipers. Deep inside of uh, your heart, of your psyche, of your being, you know, there is a, there is a very, very clear a desire for you to relate to the living God and relate to him in worship. And what we must understand is that many animals will, you know, I mean, look at the dogs, how they are jumping up to their, to their masters, how they will, uh, you know, submit to them in so many ways. And God, God wants us to understand that as well, okay? So what we must know is that God loves us, cares for us, but an idol cannot. An idol cannot say a, a single word. And, and it's interesting, you know, that people make things to worship them. Okay, even the whole of uh, the, the world of uh, entertainment is a world of, 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 of worship. You know, some people entertain, uh, worship their sports idols or their, their, their actors or whatever. You know, we, we are made to worship and somehow we want to express this in one way or the other. Okay? If we cannot ex uh, worship the living God, we will worship something else. But God does not want us to create, to, 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 to worship creation. Neither does he want us to worship angels or worse even worship Satan. Of course, that's what Satan wants. Even when uh, Jesus was in the wilderness, Satan came to him and says, 
I will give you everything, all the whole world, you know, because they are mine. Of course, he had stolen them from Adam. I'll give you everything if only you worship anything else but God alone. Amen? But you see, this is what we see. A fallen world always worships the things, always worships the idols or the, the people who are lifted up to be idols. But God has made us for himself. You know, God is very jealous of you. He, he doesn't give you to anybody else. He wants you completely and alone. Okay? And if you can't, then you will have to join the devil and his angels in the lake of fire. His desire is to maintain a relationship of love with each and every one of us. Love desires to give, okay? Love desires uh, to, to break boundaries in giving. So God, who existed from eternity past, of course had that love. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they have loved each other. And of course God made other creatures like angels. And uh, who knows what God has done uh, in eternity past. We, we cannot uh, guess because God has not revealed it to us. But God decided at one time, as I mentioned earlier, that he would make people in his own image and likeness and thereby create more space for his love. You know, his love was so overwhelming, so great, so limitless, that he wanted to find more people to receive it. Okay? Isn't that powerful? That's why you are here. That's why he created you. Because he wants to love you. He wants to give so much of himself to each and every one of us that he brought us into this world, that he brought us into this very creation. And that's why he created us to be his family. That's why we are called his children. Everybody who is believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is, has the right to be called a child of God, has a right to become part of the family of God. Because God wanted to expand his love. Because God is God, he's so great, he has no limits. He wanted, he wanted love to be also limitless. So when you say, I'm a lover, you know, don't limit your love. You know, love like God loves. You know, don't just love your own family. Yes, you should, of course. But your love should go beyond that. Your love should even reach those who may not be as privileged as you are, who may be in that situation what God has done. You know, God has expanded his ability to love more than he could ever before. But as I said, God could not force us into a relationship with him because force and love are completely contrary to each other. And so God gave us a choice. Okay? God let us choose whether we serve him, whether we submit to him, or whether we go our own way, whether we make ourselves to be God the gods of our own lives. And of course, you cannot be the god of your own life. That means you are actually becoming a slave to Satan. And that's exactly what happened with mankind. So every one of us had that decision, and thank God we are here today, So, which means we have learned to submit to Jesus to be our Savior and Lord. And that we should really keep going. You know, we should actually come closer in our love to our Lord day by day. So when, when God created us, of course, the stint in the Garden of Eden was very soon a thing of the past because man fell into sin so early. You know, they were not even 
three generations, not even two generations, only one generation. In the first generation, the, the, the project had already come to an end, and Adam and Eve sinned. But when we sinned, it was not the end for God, because God knew that this would happen. God knew that we would use our will to try and do our own thing. And so he made sure that this would not be the end of him communicating to us. It would not be the end of uh, mankind as he had uh, anticipated it to be. It would not be the end of the creation that God wanted to have, to have a bigger family of people who become sons and daughters of the living God and become the family of the Almighty. And therefore, God had made man even before the foundation of the world. We have seen in the book of Ephesians already, he had made that plan even before the foundation of the world. Okay? He predestined us to be adopted as his son through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Sin could not hinder God from finishing his purpose, from making his plan come to its fulfillment. And the one who would be able to bring it to fulfillment was our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. So God sent Jesus because man failed the test. And thank God it was not a once and for all test that you fail and you are failed and you never have another chance again, but you can come and reseat. Well, actually, we could not come and reseat. It was Christ who reset for us. So God gave us a recourse to forgiveness and redemption. He became the innocent lamb for us who was standing in the gap on our behalf. Now God could not just uh, wipe it out with a, with a detergent, you know, and says, okay, I forget about what you have done, because God is righteous. And in the righteousness of God, Every sin needs to be dealt with in a div divine manner. And because it needed to be dealt with in a divine manner, only God could actually do that. No human being was righteous before God anymore. And so nobody could stand in the gap except the Son of God himself. So God, the Father, sent us Jesus. And that's what the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, our failure and our sin. And he did that even in the Garden of Eden. You know, when Adam and Eve, Eve sinned, they were going to, into hiding because they felt, you know, their clothing that God had given them before was now, had disappeared and they felt naked. Now they felt naked because they were guilty and they were afraid. And, and, and God came and they were saying, no, we are hiding because we are afraid of you. And, and God says, why? Why are you afraid? Have you eaten from the tree that I told you not to eat of? And of course, exactly that was the case. But then God in great love covered their nakedness. And he showed them in that act of covering their nakedness how their sin could be dealt with. God took innocent animals and slaughtered them. So the first blood that was ever shed on earth was God shedding the blood of innocent animals, okay? It was not even Cain who was shedding blood for the first time, it was God himself. And he shed the innocent blood of animals, he took the skin and he closed the human beings who had failed the test of God. But with that he told them, listen, you have failed the test of God, but I will still make a way to cover you. Somebody else will stand in the gap on your behalf. All the sin of mankind will be into this world. Let's never forget, sin has consequences. God can never just 
uh, close his eye and say, it's all right. I will not remember it. No, God has to deal with his unrighteousness. And for that, he had to send his son to die for us at the cross of Calvary. That's what he did. Now, it's sad that that place that God had created, the Garden of Eden, for direct communication to mankind was now a thing of the past. They could no longer leave. And they left, they had to leave into a place that was even cursed because of their sinfulness. So the direct communication as they were enjoying it with God was now lost. But God still kept speaking. You will see throughout the word of God that he was speaking. And like we have read in the book of Hebrews, that God has spoken to us in many times in various ways. And often he has used human beings, prophets of God, who were carrying the message. But he has also come to people to speak to them directly. But whatever the case may be, you know, when you read the word of God, God speaks to you directly. Even if it's through his word, he will speak to you and point out the things in your life that he wants you to change, that he wants you to consider. On Calvary, our sin was judged. And only when sin is judged can it be done away with forever and ever. And you know, that's what we must understand. This is a stain Sin is a stain that cannot be wiped away with anything else but with the blood of Jesus, the righteous Lamb of God. Sin had to be judged. And only after that judgment, only after that sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ could we find access to the throne of God once again. Direct access to the throne of God once again. And that is a very beautiful thing. We all should enjoy to have direct access to God. You know, we can speak to God, we can pray, and, and God is not a God who is, who is uh, not answering. No, he does answer. He's listening and he answers. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24 says, Before they call, I will answer. In every single one of us. So don't just keep quiet. Speak to God. Talk to him. Let him know about your challenges. Let him know about your ups and downs in life. It's very important that we learn to do that. Jesus wants to have communications with us. That has been his aim and his desire from the very beginning. Jeremiah says, call to me and I will answer you. And I tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So in other words, God wants to widen our horizon. God doesn't want us to just keep going because everybody else does it in the same way. No, God wants us to link up with him and to widen our horizon and understand the purpose for which we are here in these worlds. Psalm 91 verse 1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Praise God. You know, it's, it's wonderful that we can make God our refuge. He is our shelter, and he will protect us from whatever onslaught of evil which there may be. And towards the end, in verse 14, the Bible says, the same chapter, uh, same Psalm 91, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. 
With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Isn't that comforting? Isn't that encouraging? You know, God says, because you love him, when you call on him, he will answer you. He's going to protect you. When you call on him, he will answer you. When you're in trouble, he will deliver you. He will honor you, will lift you up. These are wonderful promises that we should learn to, I want to see these promises become reality in my life. Because God will be honored when we do that, okay? We're not pushing God, we're not beggars. God has said all of these things in order to give us a basis from which we should operate from, okay? So we are not people who have no legitimate right to come to him and ask him anything. No, we have a right. We are children of God. We are part of the family of God. And that's why God says, come, and I will show you all these wonderful things. So Jesus' sacrifice allows us to communicate intimately once again, not just through intermediates, not just through other you know, uh, prophets and what have you, but directly. Unfortunately, some religions have put intermediates in between, and that's very sad because that's not what the Bible tells us. You don't need a human being that is just as sinful as you are, even if some people call some people immaculate. But, you know, God is making you immaculate through his blood. Amen? Amen. So you are actually able to to have fellowship with the, the living God. You don't need somebody else called immaculate to be standing in between you and God. It's not necessary. Okay? So don't hide, but, but speak to God because he wants to hear from you personally. He loves you dearly with his everlasting love. He wants to speak to you. Okay? He wants to reveal to you his plans. You know, there's a very powerful passage of scripture which I have really uh, loved and, uh, you know, have read it many times. Uh, when God comes to visit, visit Abraham, you know, there, there are three men who came to visit Abraham. And, and Abraham, you know, being uh, a person who was very, uh, you know, accommodations in those days, you know, and they were sitting under the tree uh, uh, near his tent. And uh, somehow, I don't know how Mo, uh, uh, Abraham recognized that one of them was, was, was God, okay? Probably it was the Christ before he became Jesus in the flesh, okay? Because Christ has been for ever, the son, okay? And so they were having fellowship with him and he prepared, his wife prepared food for, for them and, you know, I mean, he was very concerned that uh, he would do the best that he could. After the time of fellowship was over, we read in the book of Genesis chapter 18, verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked towards Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see, to see them on their way. Then the Lord said, listen, this is interesting, eh? the Lord said, I mean, there were three men, but there was one who was the Lord. Okay, then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the ways of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. God says, Imagine, God says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? This is amazing. Can we have such a relationship today with God that he will say, I will not hide from you, my son, my daughter, 
what I'm about to do? You know, Abraham saw things, experienced things, even went into prayer with uh, the Lord, and the Lord actually accepted his prayer. Except that, you know, when the Lord spoke to him about Sodom and Gomorrah, which were about to be destroyed, Abraham was praying, if there are 50 people in this city, don't destroy the city. Then he realized maybe 50 is a bigger, bigger number, maybe there are fewer than that. So he came down to 45, to 40, to 35, 30, until 10, you know. And then the Lord was agreeing with his prayer. He said, yes, if I find that number, I will not destroy the city. Can you imagine? Do you know how important righteous people are? Many cities could have been destroyed if it were not for the righteous people who are in them. Thank God we are living in this place because we are the salt that keeps the world going. Amen? We are the light that keeps the light burning. That's important. So you are very important. Every single one of us is very important. We are, we are not wasting our time. We are here for such a time as this to let our light shine, to let the power of the soul do its work. And so God answered the prayer of Abraham in a different way because once finally Abraham had finished praying, You know, the two men who were coming with the Lord, they went down to Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord himself did not go there. And they were looking at the city with their eyes to separate the righteous from the unrighteous. And unfortunately, they were not ten. They were not even five. They were just four. Okay. Maybe not even four. And so they singled them out. Yes, the city was destroyed, but those were taken out. And of course, on the way, you know, Lot's wife had left her heart in the city. God listened to the prayer of uh, Abraham. Even so, it was in a modified version because actually what he prayed for was 10, and they were less than 10. But he didn't destroy the righteous with the unrighteous. So what we see here is that God really wants to interact with us. And you know, nothing has changed from that time. God still wants to speak to us. Speak to us about our personal life. Speak to us about our families. Speak to us about our nation. Speak to us about our world. You know, our world, as you can see today, is in big trouble. We have so many issues in the economies of this world. With the climate change that we see all over the place, droughts and flooding, you know, while some areas are completely cut off from any rain, others they have got more than enough, three times more than they ever had. You know, right now, a, a, a country like Bangladesh is one, uh, or, or Pakistan is, is one third underwater. Can you imagine that? I mean, imagine Zambia, uh, one third, 33% underwater. Thank God for God's grace. And people are suffering. So we have, we have so many issues that needs to be resolved. And God has left us in this world as his ambassadors. Okay? You are carrying a responsibility. You are the voice of God to a world that is void of a revelation of God. Unfortunately, even so much of uh, the people who you would expect to give a good direction has become dull. You know, the light that is no longer shining is not helping anybody. The, the salt that is saltless can be thrown out into the thing. And you know that people who are supposed to preach the word of God are in the forefront of people. Crimes against innocent and, you know, weaker people. 
That is sad. So we need to really let our light shine. We need to really be the salt of the earth. So we need to have this communication with our God. You know, just like in a good family where dad is speaking and mom is speaking to their children on a regular basis. How was school today? How did things go? You know, our God also is interested in speaking to us on a continuous basis. Since God has spoken to us in Christ, there is no more curtain to keep us out. There's no more barrier to say you can't speak to God. And so we are encouraged to let God be part of our lives and our everyday experiences. He is interested in every single one of us. And like a good father, he is keeping touch with his children. That means with you and me. He's interested in finding out how are we doing. So don't, don't keep silent before God. Don't, don't uh, you know, talk to everybody else but not to God. Don't, don't uh, consult Facebook all the time but you don't consult the living God. Facebook will not tell you anything. They actually can make you miserable, you know, unless you listen to the word of God, you know, through Facebook, which is, can be a blessing. But what is important is that we keep in touch with the living God. So we are encouraged to be part of God's very own plan in bringing the good news to this world. He's a good father. And he wants to have good relationships to all of his children. And remember, he's a God who can and will answer prayer. He can and will answer prayer. This week, we are having some days of prayer, and uh, we intend to listen to what God is saying to us. And of course, we have heard the voice of God this morning. So we want to hear how we can be able to make a greater impact in the kingdom of God and in this world in which we are still living. So God wants to communicate to us. Just like God used prophets in the Old Testament, he used his son in the New Testament, and he uses us today as carriers of the good news. God appointed disciples. They became the ones he sent, and the sent ones were called apostles. You know, today we think these are titles. No, actually, these are just job, job descriptions. God sent them out in order to carry the message of the love of God. And you know, God has given us that message. God has given us that burden that we love him and that we should show the world his love as well. So maybe you're hiding your light under the bed. And the Bible says you must not do that. Okay, you must not put the, the light under the bed. Actually, you must put your light on top where it can be seen far and wide. We must have, let our light shine the light of the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to let our, our, our worthiness be known by being salty, by bringing the transformation in our world. Because God wants to speak. He's speaking to you. He's speaking to all of us. He's speaking to everyone who cares to listen. And when we hear the voice of God, it should not end there, but we should be so remember, God get his people so that they will also hear the good news and follow him. Let us pray. Lord our God, we thank you so much that you are a God who has not shied back to come into this world 
and to become a weak human being like us. But in that weakness, show your love to us and bring us salvation by not giving in to the temptation of Satan's, by not giving in to Satan's demands, but living for us a righteous life. And even having yourself sacrificed on that cross of Calvary. So Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for all that you have done in our lives. And we ask you, Lord, keep using each and every one of us to carry that good news to the people who are still living in darkness. Let the people who are in darkness see the light, hear the good news through each and every single one of us. Lord, let your power of the Holy Spirit enable us to carry out your work. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone say, Amen.